0: Hello and welcome to the Free Mind Podcast with Seth and never Ready. This is Stephen Robles and we're here again. And before we get into it, I want to mention one more time, Impact 360, those camps that we've been talking about, the enrollment is still open and we want to encourage anyone who knows a high school student or if you're in student ministry, Immersion, and Propel. their one- and two-week camps that happen next summer, summer 2020. Encourage you to sign up for those or, again, let people know, youth pastors, student ministry leaders. And we want to encourage you, we're actually going to be doing the Truth Course. It's one of their online courses at impact360.org, and the three of us here at the Free Mind Show. Going to be doing the Truth Course ourselves, going through it. And so I encourage you, now would be a great time to jump in. And if you sign up to do it, you can use the promo code Mind. Twenty-five dollars off, and uh, join us in that. We'd love to talk about it on the show. That's right. The truth you can't handle. <laughs> just kidding. sounded just it, like Jack Nick. Right? Exactly. I want
1: the truth. You can't handle. I
0: always just confuse
2: get- his name with Jack Nicholson. No, Nicholson or Nicholas. One of them's a golfer.
3: One uh, Oh, one of them's the Joker.
0: Golf. You don't oh, know well. anything about. I don't golf, know anything about golf. Anything. Golfed once with your dad, and was, that, was, that, was, yeah. <laughs> that was the That, <laughs> that was
3: that was there the, end of, that. And, that was the end of my
2: career. We've been having some really cool episodes, man. It's yes. been it's been crazy mm-hmm. to you know, to be able to have uh Sean McDowell on last week That's and huge and, um, and, and if you'll notice I was the only one in the interview because Pro Tools would not work. That's wow true. and so I had to I had to kinda of go around it another way. But it was it was really fun, man, getting the chance to to hear from him and I thought he brought such good oh, good wisdom to that topic. And then uh, a couple weeks before that, I had Chris for you on. That one's actually been a much more downloaded episode than I than I thought yeah. it would be. Me yeah. too. I didn't uh, expect that. But it must that. have really, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, just touched a nerve with people. So.
0: And we appreciate, you know, we've been got some five-star ratings on the Apple Podcast app uh, recently. And if you haven't you yet, again, it really helps us out if you do that. But a lot of people saying, you know, we're addressing tough topics, but doing it in a in a cordial and helpful way. And so that's because I'm holding Nerva back. She tries to get uncordial on y'all, and I'm, I'm, I'm restraining
2: see? her over here, <laughs> holding her back. I'll no, be, she gives me I'm that eye kindness today. When, I'm when, choosing kindness when pride starts to rise up, right, baby? Mm. You keep me. <laughs> she she's my humble.
1: What am I? I don't know. What to... well, <laughs> uh-huh. She's my she's my queen. I mean, there that's there you all. go.
2: She's words see, yeah. <laughs> but dig yourself out a of a hole. Have a major dinner tonight. That's see, that's right.
0: Okay.
2: But anyways, tonight. Or today, uh, yeah, th- we normally don't do it at night. So no, we don't do it at night. Different. It's nighttime right
0: now. So this is as like, we
2: record. This is my time, man. I, I come alive at night. That's oh I, boy! Like, <laughs> <laughs>
0: this is <laughs> an after hours, free. That's mind. right. That's right. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the late night free that that late night. So, you know, this is going to be fun, but we're we're going to talk about a, a recent thing that happened this past week, and mm. I, I actually look forward to the day when we get to address these things like the day of, you know, mm. that's Absolutely. that's when our True. Patreon supporters really, really get on yes. get on yes. track here and yes. uh, get but, us up to that 10,000 mark. Oh, you're really my. punchy at this time of night, I gotta right, tell that's you. That's right. You're doing video podcasting oh. in, the, in the heat of the moment. We ain't got to do this yes. stuff three days later, but...
0: But that is one of the goals on Patreon for real. Like yeah, we man. want to do multiple episodes mm-hmm. a week and video and live stream, especially around those big events like like Grammys and Academy Awards when cultural stuff mm-hmm. really gets pushed out there. We'd love to talk about that live in the future. So Right, exactly. Yeah. So Patreon.com slash Freemind. That's right. Hit us up. So, anyways, but tonight, man, it's kind of a
2: it's kind of a sad topic, but it flows right from the Josh Harris thing because mm-hmm. Shortly after that kind of deconversion uh, public announcement of him walking away from the faith, this thing popped up from uh, a Hillsong songwriter.
0: That's right. Marty Sampson.
2: And so he, what looked initially to be like another kind of public deconversion. Right. I don't know which day it happened this past week, but I started seeing this stuff floating around and I was like, man, again, already, you know, it starts to feel like boom, boom, boom. Right. And again, part of it is what Sean said last week. It's those are news headline grabbing events. And so it it can feel like, man, people are falling like flies. Right. Right. And, I do think, you know, I would be open to the idea for sure that that it is increasing. And we'll talk about that more right. later uh, among young people and people that are kind of in this area. Right. But I think the impression it can create is there's probably a gap between the reality and the, oh, for and the sure. impression. Yeah. But, you know, I saw people starting to respond to it. Yes. Saw the initial, a little bit of the initial, I guess it was Instagram.
0: Post The original was an Instagram post from Marty Sampson, okay. yes, and let me ask you too before we jump into it too far, but all the ones kind of the dominoes that are falling, these big names in Christianity, is it safe to say they're all kinda of out of the evangelical side of the church, like it was Hillsong mm-hmm. Joshua Harris was that kind right. of side? I don't know no, if that's it- a
2: good question and I wonder if part of the selection process for the headlines, for instance, you know right is it's probably more of a grabby type headline. For an right. evangelical to do that, then then right. let's say like a kind of a mainline denomination, because I don't yeah, know, I, and I don't mean to demean, you know, people no. who might be listening from mainline denomination, but there's not as far of a gap typically between them and, you know, either progressive Christianity, because it kind of is that already, right, right. or just kind of stepping away from it altogether and embracing some sort of... um religious pluralism that's kind of built into the cake of a lot of mainline denominations now. So I think that big jump though, from, from leading evangelical faces is probably much more interesting for news outlets to pick up. It may be even a a more narrow category of evangelicalism that we can (laughs) talk about in a little bit as well. That's true. Um, So yeah, good question. But then I don't know if you saw that Later on in the week, a uh, guy from from Skillet, the lead singer, I guess you would yeah. call it a lead singer or yeller. <laughs> no. Well, he but he really actually can not sing though.
1: He really does. He the sing. late night free mind,
2: everybody. That's right. That <laughs> now Nerva actually, so they've toured. You guys have toured with Skillet.
1: Yes, Toby uh, did a few tours with Skillet. And what I remember of them, you know, they would travel as a family. They have a tour bus, and I believe they were homeschooling. The kids had nannies and. They struck me as a very focused, disciplined, fun loving, but focused family. Like, yeah. I'd be in my dressing room, and literally, you can, you'd can, like, What's that noise? And you zoom in, and it's them worshiping. Like, mm. they would be singing praise songs to God in their dressing room. And one more thing I remembered is. Which is
2: not kind of what you imagine, because when you see him on absolutely. stage, you look like, Man, if I saw him in a dark alley, he would probably rip my Listen, face
1: off. <laughs> the whole team. But also, they were out every day like they were super fit like so they um my understanding is they did a lot of mainstream tours so they had to just kind of be on top of things and make sure you know they were focused Mm. in their spiritual spirituality I remember them ministering to me even a few times backstage but they get you right uh they sowed a lot of seeds for sure (laughs) uh hi Corey and Jen but you know also that um I'm not into that style of music and I wasn't at all. But when I first saw their show, I was like, wow, Right? it demands mm-hmm. your respect because sure. there's lots of drama, lots of. I mean pyro, lots of intense presentation. That pyro freak! Oh like, my goodness, the whole arena. That thing
2: was so loud, man. And I was hot. Un- <laughs> I was under the stage for this it's one tour, and it charts. went off, and I was so mad. <laughs> I was like, man, if if I see them jokers <laughs> in the hall, I might rip that. No, <laughs> yeah, no. but it was like it was so loud, it like shook really? my sure. being. I oh, mean you could no be in the, the back of the of arena me. and
1: you feel the heat. Yeah, it man. was so what? Yeah, it's intense. But you said
2: so their family was out on the road with them, right? Like if a, a few kids oh, yeah. or something? yeah.
1: they would recite scripture. It was really, really like a, dope. Were they was,
3: homeschooling
2: them, you think? I believe I think. so. Or okay.
1: maybe it was during the summer when they were out of mm-hmm. school, but the family was traveling together for sure. So it was So is John still and cool? Corey. I believe so, yeah. I think, yeah, yeah, I he think he is. Me the other day they've been
2: doing it and doing it at a high level for years. And I would I would agree with you, Nerva, like when I i'm not i don't think i've ever listened to that style of music much in not my life voluntary. but when i saw it live i was like wow this is hmm. it's well done like they had it's, this guy playing this cello and yeah, violin, violin like going up on these with, moving with these, um, stages and
1: mask on at first it was so and it dramatic. sounded great
2: and it, it was, was moving fierce, it, was, it was crazy so really fierce so, wow. but yeah. you they wouldn't be like uh, and, and i'm you know being m- making fun and laughing and stuff but you definitely wouldn't see their concert and think they're singing worship songs with their kids backstage for sure. during the day. Sure, for sure. But, but I think were. that's their heart, man. They really, um, oh, yeah, they, I, I don't know, they, they, they seem like a really solid family. I remember, mm. I remember you always saying that to me, babe. Oh, yeah. So this week, it was interesting that he wrote an article sort of in response to these public deconversions, right? and it went viral like it was it was massive
1: for sure and i think
2: many people i mean i just saw it: boom 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 repost after repost and i I don't want to get into his article today we actually um reached out to him over the weekend Mm -hmm. nerva did to see if he'd come on Free Mind. and uh he hit us back and he's i think he's touring right now and got a lot of stuff going on but he's going to try to jump on with us sometime in the next couple weeks so hopefully we'll get him on and we'll let him you know talk about what he was thinking. And and there's been some back and forth since then as well, where Marty Sampson has actually responded. And I think it was picked up in a relevant article. And, and I I would imagine it's not John's heart to get into it, but he did feel like this urgency to, to, for someone to kind of step up and speak out and say, Hey, let's hold up. Let's, let's, yeah. What are we doing here in the church? Like, what are we, what's happening? You know, right. somebody pause and, and that was the, basically the essence of the article. I want to say was something like get to the word, get back to the word. Let's yeah. stop right. making trend and cool. Our main thing, which coming from him is, really unique because like he said, he said that even about himself, like sure, I, mm. I would even put myself in that category. Like we need to, to make the word and truth central.
0: Mm, that's sure. awesome. It's yeah. got about 40,000 shares already. Wow. A ton of interactions oh, gosh, on his yeah. post. So that's yeah, yeah. a big deal. Yeah.
2: yeah. So like I said, we'll, we'll try to come back hopefully to that. And if we don't have him on in the future, uh, if he's unable to make it work out, maybe we'll just talk about the, uh,
1: the article, yeah, the article, okay. and you and, got it.
2: and go through it a little bit because I thought he had a lot of a lot of helpful stuff to say that we we need to hear and and a lot of overlap with what we're trying to do here.
1: Thank you, John, for getting back and texting us back. Yeah, man. I know it's bananas right now, but yeah, we
2: look forward to talking to you.
1: For sure. And I was just
2: playing about your singing, bro. You sing You sing
3: (laughs) (laughs) You
1: know what's funny? Because he does that. Is it the scream mode? I mean, it's serious. But there was one time in the set where he sang a hymn. Mm. And I was like, wow, I've never heard a hymn sung like that before. But he was very vulnerable and just singing it was really cool. That's awesome. I give him that. Yeah, man. Props for that.
0: For sure. All right. So we're gonna look at Marty Sampson's post. Yeah, yeah, his original post. Mm-hmm. So we'll okay. kind of break it down as we go.
2: And I'm gonna probably make I'm gonna probably try to do a line ish a line by line commentary. So I might pause it at it, some sections here.
0: Very good. And uh, this was taken down off his Instagram, so you can't okay. go to his Instagram and see it. But we'll have a link in show notes to Relevant Magazine that copied the the comment verbatim, and so that's what we're uh, referring to now. So this is Marty Sampson's post. He says, "Time for some real talk." I'm genuinely losing my faith and it doesn't bother me. Like what bothers me now is nothing. I'm so happy now. So at peace with the world. It's crazy. Okay. Let me pause you right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: So wow. in yeah. response to this, I do want to say like, and in, in just in case if I don't know that he would or how he would, but if Marty ever listened to this, I, I just want to say uh, to the part about losing your faith, you know, we don't want to respond here and belittle him or, or I don't want to mock him or, or, do anything Mm -hmm. that would, um, be demeaning to him or or be a put down for sure. Um, and I understand, like I've talked about this before, I've been to the precipice of (laughs) that Mm -hmm. moment of that choice and felt the weight of losing your faith when, when it's something that's been central to you and you walked through, walked on a foundation of, of it for your whole life. And so I understand the pain of that. So I just want to say, Right from the outset, that there, if you are listening today, not, not even just Marty, but whoever you are, if you're listening today and you feel like you're losing your faith, I just want to say there is hope. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like I've, I've been there to that place. You can grow in a confident faith in Jesus Christ. And there are things out there that can help you. And, and hopefully, this podcast can be a seed or an initial, mm-hmm. um, place where you can begin to find help for those things no matter what you know the source of that might be now the the second part of that where he said you know i'm happy and peace with the world and and at peace with the world you know about that 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 raises a bit of a flag for me um and and Mm. i don't know him at all and in fact are you familiar with what songs he's written for Hillsong?
0: he's written songs depths i believe and angels Um, he was with hillsong since the late 90s late 90s so it's been a bunch i think
2: i know one of nervous favorite songs by hillsong united I think he wrote on All I Need Is You. Oh, that's a jam. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Ner- that was Nervous Jam back in the day. I don't know who, if he co-wrote it or who, who he Love co-wrote it with. But, and I also saw that he wrote on Believe, but I don't know if it's the I Believe in God I thought that version. That song's This I Believe. This I, think. I Believe, so it okay. must be a different one. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think he's had multiple songs like maybe somewhere between 15 and 30 that yeah, yeah, published the with them and Darlene check.
0: And, and he led at Hillsong. Like he was a worship he led, leader okay. there. Okay.
2: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. So the emotional state of a person, I, I I'm, I'm going to reach out to Brett Kunkel and see if he'll come on the show. He has a talk where he talks about three different types of doubt. Hmm. And Gary Habermas has talked about this in, in a couple books. One that I read back in the day that was really helpful. is I think it was called the Thomas effect or something mm. like that. But oh the first type of doubt is intellectual doubt hmm. and i i'm just to briefly mention it and we'll push it to brett in the future but intellectual doubt that's just what it sounds like it's when you have some kind of intellectual problem that is right causing you to think christianity or something some belief within the christian framework might be false right and that can usually be solved by reading and studying and mm. figuring out a, a good solution to that doubt the second type is emotional and it tends to be the most painful type mm. of doubt and it often cloaks itself in intellectual doubt and that's mm. one of the tricky parts it's basically you know you can kind of begin to diagnose it when you, when you are or in a bad place, a bad mood or you get depressed and and then you start to doubt. Oh, or if you don't right. get enough sleep, you know, and you're feeling bad and you have doubt. Like if your doubt tends to be rooted in things like that, it it might be a sign that you're struggling more with emotional doubt than intellectual doubt. I feel like the phrase dark night of the soul
0: kind of relates to something doubt? like that.
2: It know? does and And again, the difficulty is sometimes intellectual doubt can produce emotional doubt, and sometimes they feed each other. And so it's it's helpful to kind of categorize them like that, but it's hard to split them completely in kind of hermetically sealed compartments. But it is good to... Kind of be aware of the emphasis of what's going on, what type of doubt is, falls more under the heading like of. Like
1: the pain of disappointment, something disappointing, would that be emotional doubt? Or? For sure. Okay. So so
2: sometimes doubts will arise out of that, okay. like a bad a, a experience sure. of suffering, like in a life. tragedy. you go through something bad or you have church hurt. Okay. It, it, but the problem is if you think of it as an intellectual doubt and you approach it by just trying to give someone like that answers, Ooh, it's, it's not going to help. It's not going to help yeah. because the real problem in that case is more it's emotional scary. than yeah. intellectual. So yeah. it helps a diagnosis. The third kind is what's sometimes called volitional doubt or moral doubt Mm. and this is the kind of doubt that's like where you willfully begin to disbelieve Mm. Mm. and it's almost it it tends to be rooted in like because i want to do this or i want to do Uh, that or i want to be my own god basically in so many words i mean we can't put it on other people but it might help us to to assess the different types of doubt we might Mm. be experiencing that's good i don't know where Marty obviously lands on the scale, not knowing him, but, but I do find it interesting when people say I'm losing my faith and I'm, and I'm at peace and I'm feeling good about it. That is just interesting and noteworthy. And I, and you wonder what's going on with that. And cause it doesn't sound like intellectual doubt. It sounds more mm. like it might fall into one of those other camps. Right.
0: When he says he's so at peace with the world, which I think to me feels like culture like he feels at peace with mm. not having to wrestle and fight with this sure. constant barrage against Christianity, that he feels at peace with the world. Yeah, now that's I, interesting. That
1: is. I wonder if he's just feeling just rest from the struggle <laughs> of, of right. whatever that fight may be right right um I don't know if it would be the culture where he's been serving or something personal in life or something like that I wonder if it's for some reason I don't feel like it's a cultural struggle but maybe it is like I don't know a thing about him so but I'm hearing those words like you know sometimes you just say you have a play on words like I'm at peace with the world but you know I mean literally the world but I get I get what he's saying and what he refers yeah.
0: to later, too, it almost maybe he's tired of defending the church mm. as a whole because, mm. you know, he talks about preachers falling and stuff later. Okay. And so maybe mm. it's just like, just tired Ooh, of having to push that back where culture comes against the church. Yeah, this pastor falls and that. So, yeah. Maybe.
2: Yeah. Well, you might be right. I hadn't even thought about taking I, I probably took the phrase how Nerva did, just like, I'm at peace with the universe. Yeah, I don't think he means like that. that. But right. it could mean like, It could mean I'm at peace with the culture, like the you know kind of the culture. That would be interesting. That would be interesting. That feels more like a Joshua
0: Harris thing, Mm -hmm. who literally apologized to the LGBT movement for what he the stance that he had.
2: And that was interesting too, because I actually on on Instagram I saw like a week after that he was at a gay pride rally in Canada and taking pictures with people. So you know, there's definitely some kind of there's something in that area seemingly that's driving it for him, and Mm -hmm. I don't know if. I don't know yet what is driving it for Marty, but I guess right. as we read on, maybe yeah. we'll hear okay. some more. Yeah.
0: Then. So he goes on. He says, this is a soapbox moment. So here I go. How many preachers fall? Many. Mm. No one talks about it. Okay.
3: It's going to be a three-hour well, podcast. No, actually, so go ahead Hold and read it. a little bit more. We'll come back sure. to that line. Yeah.
0: How many miracles happen? Not many. Hmm. No one talks about it. Why is the Bible full of contradictions? No one talks about it. How can God be love yet send four billion people to a place all because they don't believe? No one talks about it. Christians can be the most judgmental people on the planet. They can also be some of the most beautiful and loving people, but it's not for me.
2: So let's let's kind of go back and piece. So the first one he said is how many preachers fall. How many preachers fall and no one's talking about it, right? If there, and maybe we can link this. There's actually a, an article by Michael Brown who we often reference um, came out in the Christian Post earlier this week, and then probably he put it up on stream.org or something. But he expressed astonishment, which I that that would be the best word I would use to capture my reaction when I first read his Instagram as well, because I thought. Where is this guy living? Like, <laughs> does he not have access to the Internet?
1: We t- right. we did an episode once of people who just kind of stay in one circle, the the bubble of Christianity and don't get out. I I don't know. I'm just really reaching out here for you. <laughs> I'm trying to, right. to make an excuse or an exception because, um, I mean, how would he know people have fallen if he hadn't heard it? So it's like people are talking about it, obviously.
0: And it's also something that the culture has jumped on. Passionately and Absolutely. often, whenever, whenever one falls, I mean, like
1: it's it's viral. When yeah, one falls. yeah, for so real. Like I think he th- he fell short on that statement.
0: And you know, maybe when he says no one talks about it, maybe it's in reference to the church internally. Ooh, that's good. Assessing, sure. What do we need to change so this stops happening? Absolutely. Or what are we doing to keep pastors or leadership more accountable? Sure, so Maybe. Sure. Best case, maybe that means no one's talking about it. Mm -hmm. But I think the second sentence in that miracle, how many miracles happen? Not many. No one talks about it.
2: Yeah. Uh, To the first one, he said that basically Michael Brown was saying how many articles have been written in the last few weeks about the apostasy of Joshua Harris. Come on. And so, (laughs) in other words, like there are so many like untold cases of P even. And and I think what you said is exactly right. That's probably what he meant. No one in the church is talking about right, it now. If right. we take that to be the case, which is the best scenario case or best case scenario rather, right. even in that, it's like, what are you talking about? Like every right. like these days, especially if somebody falls, yeah. like there will be thousands and thousands of articles right. written from every perspective within the church right. talking about it, unless he's talking about specifically Hillsong in Australia. Never talking about it. I don't know how that right. statement would make much sense. But to your second point, that no one talks about how many miracles happen and the fact that it's more uh, infrequent than frequent. Right. That, that's another one where, like, especially us, because we're, we're living in this world all the time of researching and, and thinking. We, there's so many so many untold books out there dealing with that specific question from theological angles, from, from actual experiential testimonial levels. Right. right. And actually, so, so here again, Brown lists four examples. He said, here's, here's four here, 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 here with links. And he links, Mm -hmm. um, one is a book by Lee Strobel on miracles that he put out, I think last year that actually looks really interesting. He starts out in that book interviewing Michael Shermer, who's an atheist, for a few chapters. Then he interviews a a bunch of uh, Christian thinkers and documents, you know, recent miracles and as well as like creation, resurrection and historical miracles. But he he also links a book that I often have talked about in the Mm -hmm. past by Craig Keener called Miracles, a two part, massive two volume book series he did. Right. And it was, I think he started out, it was supposed to be a footnote to his commentaries on Acts, which are also the kind of books that if you drop it on a cat, it will kill the cat. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, so these miracle books, you know, story after story of, of eyewitness accounts, many Mm -hmm. of them even verified, uh, by medical documentation, all all that kind of stuff and about miracles. And he also addresses, you know, why doesn't it happen most of the time? Or even why does it happen as little as anywhere from five to 10% in best case scenarios? You know, what is that? But, but the, but the important point is here, I don't know what he means by no one is talking about. I can't give any meaning to that sentence that gives it any kind of, um, legitimacy.
0: Right. He goes on. Uh, talking about the Bible is full of contradictions and no one talks about it. And this one I took, again, especially issue with, because I just recently watched uh, William Lane Craig debate New Testament scholar. um, Bart Ehrman. Bart Ehrman. And they talked about that specifically. And again, I don't know if his perspective is within the church, like pastors are not preaching on this on Sunday morning, or is that there's no resources out there at all? Which I think if it's the latter, then he's not looking at the internet. Mm -hmm. Right. Or like he's only looking at Instagram and not anywhere else. I'm not sure. But it is addressed in so many places. And Ravi talks about it, William Lane Craig, Gary Habermas, all of them. (laughs) So, Yeah.
2: It's almost like if you had, I'm on the spot here Think of an analogy, but if you had a record collection of folk French songs from 1960, and you said all anybody ever plays is folk French songs, (laughs) (laughs) and someone takes Uh, you to a record store, and they show you that the percentage of... Records in the record store big. that are dedicated to French folk songs from what I say the 1960s yeah, yeah, yeah. are like 0.0001 percent of the actual records that are out there, right. and so maybe it's the maybe it's his uh, selection. I don't, I, I'm not sure. And again, Circle we'll, we'll touch on that mm. in a little bit. But go ahead, go ahead mm. and read on there, brother.
0: The next thing he talks about is how can a God be love yet send four billion people to a mm. place right all because they don't believe, which. Number one, it's a lot more than four billion people if you look over the course of history. Yeah. But obviously, he's referring to hell. Right. To a place because they don't believe. Mm. And this is, you know, this is a big topic we might have to address in the future. You know, for like, sure. What is hell and what does it mean? But mm-hmm. you know, some
2: of these issues he brings up are good issues. Like they're, they're tough yeah. issues. They're the tough questions hard. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And they're not, um, ones that you could just brush off and say, eh, it's, that's, stupid. Like, and specifically the issue of hell, like is one I have wrestled mm, with for yeah. years. And yeah. one time really was like, man, I just, I don't know if I can get through this. But, but again, I think, does he say no one's talking about this? after? Yeah, that as he well. says no one talks about it. <laughs> and, and so that's where I'm like, seriously, like one of the main, one of the best selling popular level apologetics books in the past 20 years is Lee Strobel's, um, it's case for faith, case for mm. faith, and I don't know how many that sold, but I would imagine maybe in the millions, if not right. high hundreds, thousands. Uh, you can look it up there and let me know. But in case for faith, they actually have a whole chapter on. They actually have two or three chapters on that from different mm. angles, and that's one. Again, that's one of the most popular apologetics books of, the, right. of recent years, and so I don't. And they are, those are footnoted, so all you have to do is pick up that book read through the footnotes and, and it will address that issue. So I think that no one's talking about it idea is just, I don't know, it's just silly. But, but again, I think that issue is tough and it's one yeah. we, can, we, we can and should and will address in the future. I think there are some plausible, uh, helpful answers to it, but that is one of the tougher, tougher things for mm-hmm. Christianity. Were you going to say something, babe?
1: You know, there's less talk about hell for sure in the yeah. pulpit so that's a thought I mean like you said it's it's a, it's a caused a lot of people to stumble the, the idea of hell and then there's less less preaching on it less teaching on it I'd say these yeah. days so that is a thought to consider
0: and I think Rob Bell was one of the first to kind of write a whole book about yeah. maybe it not being what mm-hmm. we've all grown up to think it yeah. is love wins was the book that, that he wrote about it but
2: now let me ask you this though Stephen, read what was that exact quote from him again how how can god
0: be how loved? can god be love yet send four billion people mm. to a place all because they don't believe mm. no one talks about it
2: mm. now and i want to read this because we obviously we don't have time to dive into that sure. topic but i but i think michael brown made a really good point here he said at this point I want to shout in all caps, of course, we talk about it. Of course, we discuss the question of hell and future punishment. Of course, we ask how a good God could condemn his own creation to eternal destruction. But here's where he makes a good point. He said, but as for the notion that people go to hell, quote, all because they don't believe, I can only shake my head in amazement. Does Marty have no conception of human sin and rebellion? Mm -hmm. Do people perish simply because they didn't recite some kind of magic formula? And i think that's a good quote. that yeah. phrase don't all because they don't believe that's kind of part and parcel i think of of some of the misconceptions about right. god's judgment in our culture we right. and it's because and this is where it might be contextualized i don't want to demean hillsong i don't know any, i don't know we've had some interaction mm-hmm. with them and some of their leaders and, yeah. and over the years um but i don't i i can't say that i know enough to say that that they don't teach on original sin or or the fallenness of man. But I think I do know that oftentimes in kind of the popular churches that we go to that are Mm -hmm. mega churches, we we don't often spend much time really laying out a full, robust doctrine of the depravity of man. Right. And so you often you walk away thinking like, oh, man, God is judging us because we didn't hit the lottery and get the right religion right on a test. Right. And that presupposes that you don't really understand how much we've rebelled against this good God. Who's made himself right available, made himself knowable that he sent his son, went through all this drama to redeem us and that we continue to reject that. <laughs> right. And so all that, and it, he says all, cause we don't believe in it, you know, right. that, that is just, it seems to me to flow out of kind of a, wishy-washy Christianity that, that doesn't really give the whole story of the Bible, especially that part about the fall.
0: Right. So he goes on to say, Christians can be the most judgmental people on the planet. They can also be the, some of the most beautiful and loving people, but it's not for me. That last sentence speaks to me like the whole not for me is that, you know, it might be true for you and not for me. Yeah, man. And that's cool for somebody else. But that kind of pluralism of belief, like postmodernism, everybody can believe what they want.
2: I think you're right. I think that last statement is exactly that.
0: Yeah. And it's interesting
2: too. We talked about judgmentalism, and so I would, if I were sitting here with him, I would want to ask him, "What do you mean by judgmentalism?" Because typically, remember that the way yeah. that people use that word in our culture is, right. if you say something's wrong,
1: then you're judging morally. <laughs> right.
2: Then you're judging. So if that's if he's using that broad definition, then I might I might agree that Christians might be among the more judgmental because we do yeah. say things are right and wrong. Right. But right. again, by that definition, I think almost anybody then becomes judgmental. So it, it kind of <laughs> defeats itself. including
1: Right. Exactly. <laughs> right, right. But if he's so more,
2: using it. a more narrow definition of Christians are some of the sure. most condemning yeah, and, and, that's hard. and hypocritically, right. then I think you could make a case that, you know, that, then I, I don't know still if his statement would follow and be true. Maybe in his experience, it's been
0: right. that. Well, and you can look at any worldview, and you will find those kinds of people. So I think, it'd be safe to say, sure, there are some Christians out there that are extremely condemning and hateful, yeah. just like Richard Dawkins, the atheist, says uh, to raise your children with religion is child abuse. Well, yeah. I don't think that would be pretty judgmental on his side too. Mm-hmm. So just because people are judgmental doesn't mean their worldview is true or not. Basically, right. like that's that good. should not, that should have point. no bearing on the truth. Is wow, what I'm for good. sure. No, it's for really sure. Good.
2: And you're right. And yeah. so I think, yeah, slipping into that and say, ah, it's, you know, some are good, some are bad. It's not for me. You, right. you like right. vanilla ice cream. I like, right.
0: I right. like chocolate, you know, and I just, yeah, it's kind of wishy-washy. Yeah, that's good. So he goes on to say, I am not in anymore, which I think is in contrast to his rebuttal later saying like, oh, I don't really know. Right christianity or not in his original post he says i am not in wow see
2: i didn't even know he made that strong of a statement
0: yes he says, i am not in anymore i want genuine truth not the i just believe it kind of truth science keeps piercing the truth of every religion lots of things help people change their lives not just one version of god got so much more to say but for me i'm keeping it real unfollow if you want I've never been about living my life for others so the whole I just believe it kind of truth again I think goes to everything that we talk about on this show how many resources are out there how many scientific resources and explanations and arguments are out there for Christianity for the existence of God again this feels like he just didn't do his due diligence in trying to answer his own question and the science keeps piercing the truth of every religion I'm curious where he's getting that from who's he listening to that right
1: And he could research that, but can't find other research to support everything he's kind of been serving all this time. I think that's definitely sounds like hurt, disappointment, and just tired of not having the answers when he needed them most, maybe. 'Cause I'm sure he was surrounded that pe- by people who could help, i.e. pastors or um friends and and I don't know. Yeah. It's just interesting. That's, That's, it. that last part's very that loaded to me. It's very interesting. And
2: that that first phrase Sounds like hers. What's that
0: first phrase in that last section you read Science about believe? Speaks. I I I want genuine truth, not the I just believe it kind of truth. Okay. So
2: you could think back to that baby. Sure. Now I we've critiqued that. We've we've talked about that over the years.
0: Now I would say
2: this. There are some churches of the anti-intellectual bent hmm. that say just believe. And, that you know, I've right. talked about my past in right, some right, of right. those churches where it was like, man, you just got to as though it were merely an exertion of the will. Right. There are some sophisticated thinkers in history that have defended that viewpoint, like Soren Kierkegaard. It's hmm. what's called fideism hmm. or fideism, depending on how you say it. But he would basically say, you know, you can't really know worldview, either way, like whether it's atheism or Christianity, at the end of the Mm. day, you got to take a blind leap toward one direction. Mm. And it's sometimes his was called Christian existentialism. Mm. So it's kind of like Jordan Peterson, where he says, you should take a leap in the direction of Christianity, because it'll help you live a good life. And it'll end up being a better life. Mm. Now, there are some churches that take that view. I don't think that that's the biblical or historic Mm. Christian Mm. view of faith. That's the new popular view yeah. of faith that's right. really more proposed by Richard Dawkins and Sam Harris. That's how they view faith. And they have popularized that that's how Christians by and large view faith. And while it is a subset of the church that views faith, faith like that, it's not mm-hmm. most, and it's definitely not most through history.
0: I feel like a lot of the Apostle Paul's uh, speeches in the New Testament would be a lot shorter If he believed, all you had to say was just believe it. (laughs) That's right. You know, there's some long, even I always look back at uh, Acts chapter two, when Peter, after the day of Pentecost comes and he addresses this crowd, it's a long Mm -hmm. explanation. Like he's literally explaining and reasoning with these people about who Jesus is and why they should believe. And so, like you said, I don't think it's biblical to just say, hey, just believe it. Right
2: so that yeah biblically over and over again you see you know whether it's john and the gospel of john saying i wrote these things so that you would know so that you would believe you'd have these these eyewitness testimonies you know they would point uh, uh Paul, even on Mars Hill, would quote their poets and kind of reason from that. They would reason right. with the Jews, and you right. know, it, was a, right. it was never a "just believe because I said so" type right. thing. Right. And so, I think he might be starting with a faulty presupposition there—that okay. Christian faith is about blind leaping—and right. then science. That's about right. facts and reason. And oh that's boy. a typical mistake right. that people in our culture are making these days because, A, they don't know what biblical faith is. B, they don't know what science is. Right. And this is where he really gets into trouble, and we, I want to dive into that because that's what actually what more of my study time is spent in the relationship of philosophy theology and science i'm working on that master's in science and religion right um but i could tell when i got to that statement i was like wow man this i mean yeah. it's common but it's like to see it in living color mm. sometimes oh. it's still shocking that i'm like how you know this is a coloring book level understanding wow. okay. of christianity and yeah. science
0: right when he says science keeps piercing the truth of every religion and i'd be so curious what he means by that Me too what truth is being degraded because of science. Like what experiment has come out or what right. peer-reviewed journal has come out with information that all of a sudden wipes away the truth that, of the Bible, or like what has uh, renounced who Jesus was. Like sure. what science experiment For does sure, that? For sure, yeah. You know, like you'll probably talk about this in a moment, but that science does not touch morality or philosophy mm. or ethics. You know, There is no test tube, no experiment to be done about what's okay and what's not. Right, so, yeah, for sure, and
2: it, and it, I just want because again, i I'm in this stuff all the time. I want to hear from your perspective, Nerva, when you heard that last section,
1: which one about science piercing? Well, about
2: just... first of all, about belief, I, I want truth, I don't want to just believe, yeah. and then about science, how does that how does that hit you, kind of like living on the edge of my world these last few yeah. years did that would that stick out to you Would that ring kind of alarm bells?
1: Yeah, I think the more you learn about something, the more you believe it, the more you understand it. And I think with with regards to knowledge of God, I the more I study the scriptures, the more I learn about God's character, and I learn about the history and, and what went on in the Bible. Um, it deepens my faith. I didn't have the faith I have now all all this time because I have learned, I have grown. Mm. And the more you learn, it just deepens it all. And it's not, um, you know, if, if I were to make a choice of which, dentist to uh, you know you ask around you're like okay who who has have you been to this dentist is he any good and you know you you make an intelligent decision based on what you learn what right. and so with with regard to the faith I think it's just um but you hear it on the movies all the time yeah just take a leap of faith and that's what people right. are being told right. faith is just to and I have a dear friend who's who's an atheist and she she will not um but she's like, I'm not gonna just take that leap. I was like, I'm not asking you to leap. Right. I'm asking you to just learn and just take a, mm. a, a a gospel and just sit and read it and and try to understand it. But uh, yeah. I think that's how that struck me for sure. It's did like,
2: um did you think that you know because we've been we've been in the music industry and we've been mm-hmm. you know to a lot of churches over the years mm-hmm. and a lot of types of churches. Did that surprise you that someone? From Hillsong, like as you're listening Ooh, to that? Um, that's a
1: good question. You know, I think right now it's all about what you're listening to and what church you attend and what you're surrounding yourself with. What you're feeding yourself on social media is huge. It will it will develop you. And I think it will really shape your understanding and your thoughts. And so I think it speaks to big worship movements Aren't enough. Mm-hmm. I think to just sit in God's presence, and I think it's awesome and needed in one of the spiritual disciplines, but it's not enough. And I, I tell um, when I'm, I'm sharing and ministering that Dallas Willard said in his book that Satan didn't approach Eve with um, a bat and chains, but an idea. Yeah. And, you know, she walked with God. Mm-hmm. And so it's like we have to learn how to learn of God and learn what what truth is, you know, and not be um, distracted or discard the truth because of our own feelings or emotions. But there is a way to come to it. There's a way to learn of it. And I think it takes more than worship conferences. I think um, apologetics conferences and Bible conferences are needed along with these yeah. current worship movements that I, that we're experiencing. And I think it's larger than life right now. And at the same time, it's it's a heavy, dark time in our country as well. So I think that speaks to that.
2: Yeah. That's good. Man. I think that's really, really wise words. And, you know, the truth of it is, is we've interacted with people throughout the years. I, I really I remember you'll remember us having conversations where I was like, man, I'm really concerned by and large with artists I talk to and sure. people that are involved in you the have. worship movement, and the big church movement, because I said they're not being prepared mm. um, yeah. with any armor, and they don't know that the barbarians mm. are at the gate. Like mm. I just, I, I saw like, I don't know if you remember this. I was trying to actually start a conference to, to do worldview training for artists. You Cause I, I really, this was about mm. 10 years ago. And I, and I, I don't mean, I really don't want to sit on a seat of authority here and act like I've got it all together, but I just feel like because of my own difficulty and struggle and that God gave me vision to see what was happening. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to help my brothers and sisters be prepared for what I felt like they were gonna face at some point in their lives. And as the teachers, I mean, this is what John talked about in his article, the the church shouldn't really look to, you know, the trendy, the cool worship leaders and, and even Sean said that be careful putting these twenty one year old people on the platform just because they had a good book, you know, and mm. and or they're, they're not they're not and trained cool. and yeah. ready to do it but the fact is oh what you got
1: i would love to pick his brain about um christian labels signing artists Hmm. because Hmm. that's where a lot of the influence is also coming from you look at lauren daigle and yeah and all the awesome young you know christian artists but are they trained theologians probably not but you know they they do team up with people and write songs and and um, hopefully these people are, they do have a robust understanding of the Christian faith, but a young 20 year old and 21 year old, um, I don't know, you know, yeah. I'm open. I, I've met some awesome, humble, young Christians yeah. and, you know, I do camps. We travel and we do the immersion camp and I, we know that there's aw- there are awesome young people out there, but I'll never forget at uh, church one night we had a, a gateway Worship department come in and do a night of worship mm-hmm. and it was awesome they had a blended kind of worship thing going on young people singing and a lot of uh, maybe a few worship leaders but there was an elderly gentleman who was on the keyboard who you could tell was like the older sage of the group right. and they just kind of probably let him travel with them yeah. but when he took the microphone and began to sing and share it had a whole nother level to it right. and i think that just speaks to the years of depth and training and and walking with the lord and knowledge of god that these young people may not have they just don't and so but mm. it gets tricky when you see a young artist who's been serving at the church for years and they're talented and you're a label and you're looking and we could give you we can give you more um you know more uh platform yeah and that's how labels mm. are thinking they sign people who are cool and relevant and yeah. should they not that's a big question because well, these cause are shaped that's them. a whole other podcast right <laughs> there
2: that's a great question but you know I think I think yeah. it's probably two parts I think we got to help the church find what are the what are the better authorities sure. we should look to right. for, for at least for certain areas I mean Maybe if you want to know the latest YouTube craze. Sure. <laughs> and and yeah, like yeah. you said, there are certain young people that are equipped. I mean, you think yeah. of even Timothy in the Bible or mm-hmm. So you know. It's not right. merely being young, but but right. I think we prop people up just because they are young. There is that. And just trend. because they're trendy and just because right. they're popular and have a following. And that's where some we got to be careful of that.
1: But another thing, too, is there's different kinds of listening. Sometimes you're listening for listening pleasure and you're just kind of worshiping and singing along. And then there are people who really take in these lyrics and really let them shape, you know, shape their thoughts. And so if that's the only diet you're receiving is the lyrics of a worship song, then there's danger there.
2: And that was actually leads me to the second thing, which was the fact that while we want people to to kind of shift who they look to, and this is in the broader culture too, like why do we look to celebrities to give us political insight? But the fact is people do. And the fact is, people are gonna look oh, to artists, right. and so since that is the case, we also have to do the second thing of helping people to be responsible with that platform. Mm, right. And so good. if you're going, if you're going to be, you know, even Ravi said we've said before, the second level to which philosophy comes to us often is through the arts. Mm. And if you're going to be artists, Christian artists, part of that responsibility is to step up yes. and make sure if you if you aren't equipped, at least acknowledge that and make sure people aren't following you <laughs> down certain right. roads that they don't need to go down yet.
1: Let right. me ask you this. Say you're a young artist, your you're desire to be um, a, a worship leader, how do you know if you're equipped? Because I mean a lot of young people, and they're like, they just, they know they're ready, they're just there, and you're looking at them <laughs> like,
0: ooh. Maybe check out that Impact 360 course. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> exactly. Take that Indeed, worldview course.
3: for
2: sure. Yeah, take for real. Because the courses actually have uh, so Q&As on them, they have tests that you have it's to take really and pass. Yeah. But you know, I mean, that's where the body comes in the community mm, i think if you have leaders that, that are so guides good. around you they can tell you oftentimes i mean i'm taking for granted here that it's a healthy church and you have mm-hmm. wise elders who can look to you but this brings me to my last point okay this was many years ago we were at a conference, a huge mega church mm-hmm. and it was a great i mean in many ways it was a good it was a good conference it was cool. But I walked into the bookstore. Oh, yeah. And not one book on apologetics in this bookstore. It was all books about, you know, finding your calling and some good books, too, like, you know, how to worship God properly. And, you know, there's a lot, some, and and if, like, maybe two commentaries, (laughs) but Mm. it was mostly like the. The pastor's books that he had written on live your best things life. about that kind of stuff. It wasn't that Not
3: particular. Saying it was style. that church. <laughs> <It wasn't, laughs> no point wasn't. intended. It actually wasn't that church. <laughs> it's funny.
2: It wasn't that church, but you know, this is a very influential, healthy in many ways a good mm. church. But I was like, I think this is representative yes, of mm-hmm. many mega churches right now. now. And I, I said, uh, okay, so here's what we got. We got this artist group where people are disconnected from biblical worldview mm. training, and so they're by and large in uh, emb- The culture around them, regurgitating it through Christianese words, but without the depth of underpinnings of biblical worldview. And then I said, You have these mega churches that aren't addressing things that these, especially people as I go out to the marketplace and the universities, that are going to take their faith and basically at Mm -hmm. at the level of the root, chop it right off. And that's what I think, honestly, this uh, And I've had conversations with people at, at high levels in some of these churches. That the that the level and degree to which they would take a scripture out of context was mind-boggling, wow. and mm. they would build a whole theology on it. We I just remember talking to them in the hallways, sure. and I, won't, I I don't have time to go into examples here, but it was like a it was almost like a Oprah like exegesis <laughs> <Right>. of <laughs> right. a text, and I would be like, "Wow, this person is." over like thousands yeah thousands wow. and i and i was just thinking man this is an interesting time we're living in that mm-hmm. that we mm. in this kind of church mo- church growth movement that i think we're sacrificing building People and giving them the the necessary armor in, in favor of like their, abil- their ability to gather people and, and excite people and motivate people, and I just mm-hmm. think we this is this we're starting to I think reap the first fruits Ooh, <laughs> right. of that though. as the emotion runs out and as the cool oh factor runs out and as as yeah. those churches can no longer be even Hillsong like for instance is getting it from the culture because they're not actively affirming and as that right. pressure continues mm. if you've mm. if you have built kind of your thing on okay, I didn't know that. we're friends with the world and we kind of give them jesus like you know in the in the and right. on the side
3: Man. and i'm not saying that's Hillsong song for
2: sure i don't mean to demean. No, i'm no, saying no, but, if you've built it like that right. when that goes away what will be left is the question and i wonder if if we'll see more of these types of scenarios when i read this instagram post I I think it's so obvious that he hasn't done any like basic research on this because and you guys you can testify to this nerva at immersion camp or many of the oh. camps we've went to with worldview all the questions he asks, yep, again they're not easy addressed. but they're like day one day two day three questions that they address right. with these kids so right. true and they even talk specifically about that one of the sessions every mm. year is how how can a loving god, good god send yeah. people to hell like that's one of the topics that wow. shaman Dowell actually teaches um mm. but i just i just want to say man if you're out there and these and this is something I learned in my own journey yeah, and I've been at it now for many years and you know this babe like I I went through this for like 15 years of day after day after day one thing I learned there is nothing out there and I promise you this I can say this with mathematical certainty (laughs) and I almost never say I can't even say the universe exists with mathematical certainty (laughs) but I can say this there's not one thing you will think of that hasn't been thought of by someone that's brilliant in the Christian world Yes. now that is not to say every problem is solved that we can know all the doctrines of mere Christianity with mathematical certainty. That's not to say that, but I will say this, having looked at this in depth for years and years and years, if you, even if you had no experience with God whatsoever, if you were just like, you were like, you know, a nerdy science loving, philosophy loving person who sat down and read book after book after book, I think you would come out with the with the notion that the Christian worldview is more sustainable under intellectual scrutiny than any other worldview. Right. Including naturalism, including postmodernism, yes. including it's Buddhism. Good. It stands up coherently and it stands against the external evidence and just the known facts better than any other worldview that I can think of, which is why I'm still a Christian, honestly, because I think even though I had those experiences with, with God as a teenager, I could have easily explained those away as psychological well, right. phenomenon. And I was tempted right. to do that and say, well, anybody could have these. But the the amount of faith that grew in me as I really began to research and study these things out in depth is I now think it's more plausible with everything we know, that Christianity is true than any other option. Do I know yeah. it with mathematical certainty? No. Do I know it enough to base my life on it, to live and die for it? Though I, I do.
3: Yeah. Wow. That's and good
2: um, and I think anyone can. I th- I don't think you'll get there but it's going to take some, some effort in God's grace meeting <laughs> in mm-hmm, your life. In, um, in fact, there's a book called in search of confident faith by JP Moreland. That's a really helpful book. If you're struggling tonight, you want to grow, you want to take steps to, to grow your faith yeah. that you can, you can start with. If you're, if you really are looking for truth, even if, like I said, Marty's listening. is Marty. If you're looking for truth, man, I think your best chance of finding more truth is in the Christian worldview. Right. It's wow, good. Love. Again, not that, not that there aren't difficulties, but I think the most intellectually satisfying and the most plausible answers are to be found
0: in the way Jesus saw the world. Quickly, to the point of you know, all these intellectual issues have been answered, like you said, with 100% mathematical certainty. Ravi Zacharias always talks about, when he does a and a on a college campus, a student will ask some question that they feel is like gonna be the takedown question, and Ravi's like, listen, there's like 25 to 30 questions that everybody asks. Mm. Right. Like I go across college campuses all around the world. Yeah. Every atheist, every agnostic, like it's 25 to 30 questions, we've heard them all. Mm-hmm. Like your question is no different. Not in a demeaning way, but just and to just say like, way. you're not the first one to think about this. Right. And I'm not the first to address it. So I agree. So but the last paragraph uh, from Marty I think is very interesting. He says, all I know is what's true to me right now, subjective, yep. and Christianity just seems to me like another religion at this point. He's saying it's just one of the, just like all the others. I could go on, but I won't. Love and forgive, absolutely, which I think is interesting. Be kind, absolutely. Be generous and do good to others, absolutely. And this is interesting. Some things are good no matter what you believe. Hmm. Let the rain fall. The sun will come up tomorrow. I don't know what the rain is, but to say that some things are good no matter what you believe, he is appealing to objective truth. Yeah, That there's something good regardless of belief. And he talks about absolutely, like love and forgive. But at the beginning of the paragraph, he says, What's true to me? Sure. Right now. Right. And just in just two or three sentences apart, he's contradicting himself already. Right. From an absolute to a subjective way and downplaying religion, but appealing to absolutes that he has no foundation for. So he's tripping over himself, it seems true, like. True, no matter right what. That's him. interesting. Yeah. Right. No, I
2: think that's a, that's a good point. That clear. I mean, it, it becomes cl- it's clear not becomes it's clear from the beginning, but it's yeah. clear that I don't think he's thought through this very well,
3: Mm-mm.
0: which might be why he deleted this. Honestly, like
2: yeah. And then you question again to go back to what Sean said last week. That sometimes you can question the wisdom of doing this stuff publicly. I mean, even if right. again, if you're a leader, and even if you thought through it. But let's say you have a little doubt about your doubt. Right. Right. <laughs> you should be a little reticent to post something like that. But but right. in this case, it's like, man, and it's you know, so unthought through. Like, you right. shouldn't even mention that in, to your wife.
3: Well, <laughs> you uh, think about that more before you bring it to your wife. Well, what it Thank seems you. like, and,
0: and this might be, go to a larger question, you know, he obviously has been thinking about this stuff for a while. Yeah. To come out publicly and do this. And I wonder if this speaks to the taboo-ness of mm. doubt in the church that I had felt for a long time. And maybe people feel even now that, you know, I feel like if if he was feeling these thoughts years ago, if he would have felt safe or True. felt like he had someone to talk to about yeah. these things in an honest and open way, someone, like you were saying before, it would be an authority to actually answer these questions well. He might not have gotten to this place. right? But- thinking about the platform he's on, he's leading worship at Hillsong Church. If he goes to someone and expresses doubt of his faith, maybe to someone in leadership at Hillsong Church, he might be jeopardizing his job. He might be jeopardizing something like that. And so that struggle, especially for someone who is high up in a big church, Mm -hmm. they might not know where to go. And so they resort to just kind of like throwing in the flag without ever asking anyone anyway. Right, right. Yeah. And which would again go to the points of like no one's talking about this stuff. It might be his frustration that like yeah. he didn't have anyone to talk to about this mm. stuff and feel safe. Sure. True. And so I don't know, it just seems again like this was not a day in the making mm. clearly. Like yeah. surely this wasn't just overnight. Yeah. And so I want just for us to be aware, especially those of us who work in churches and are around churches like to make sure that we are approachable and that people feel open enough with their doubts mm-hmm. that can be addressed, and that doesn't—they don't have to hide. Right. Even if they're employed by a church, they don't have to hide their doubts. Right. And they can be safe. So,
1: yeah, I love how Alicia Childers said that when she began to just struggle when she had, um, encountered that progressive Christianity church and the pastor was sowing seeds of doubt in her she began to really struggle but she went to her dad and he was like okay let's talk about it let's just mm, go to the root of right. your feelings what's causing you to feel this way about this and that and so yeah everybody needs that person they can talk yeah, to man, with honesty. and and I encourage everyone to be that person with a good ear and also reading, also studying, also right. going deeper in the faith so that you, you might have an answer for someone that, that is struggling with a, a doubt issue, intellectual, emotional yeah. or whatever sure. kind. So, yeah, we, we should all learn to be that kind of person
2: no you're right yeah. and even Sean I've heard Sean McDowell talk about he went to his dad at one point he was really struggling mm. and he said dad all the arguments you gave in your books people have responses on the internet and I don't think I'm a Christian anymore. yeah I remember wow. that he said that and uh, his dad just looked at him and said well son what's, what's, what do you think is the best argument against it let's talk through it and yeah, you know, yeah. he, he just he he didn't He didn't like react negatively or emotionally, or you know, didn't you know demean him in any way. He just had conversation. And
1: Jesus with Thomas, Thomas was like, "Not until I see from my own self, you know, my touch with my own hands." And Jesus was like, "Here, come see, come touch, come." Yeah, man. So yeah, it does take compassion, understanding, and you know, and. Just let's not assume that everyone that's in church or even serving in church are right. not they they don't have their challenges in in beliefs and so whew, this is very eye opening times for sure and I like I I actually walked
2: through this with a guy that I was helping out because and I I do this myself but t- I took took out a paper and I list the doctrines like uh, um, God's existence uh, yeah. God is a Trinity biblical authority, biblical inspiration I put like out of ten where I'm at on it. Mm. You know, I'm, I'm at a eight. Wow, or I'm at that's a good. Seven on that, or I'm at a ten, or you know, mm. and I want to grow in that over the next year, mm. and I come up, you know, with a plan under God that I'm gonna, I'm gonna work through that area until I, until I make some steps forward, and, um, you know, we gotta have places like that we could wrestle through these things and and yeah. and not you know, kind of beat up or feel, feel scared to address. I think that was a good point you made, Stephen. So last last segment here, I think he came back and responded to some stuff, and I just want to pull out one little part of it. Okay. He actually says now that he he's denying that he was deconverting and, and basically
0: that he's just saying he's on really shaky ground, I think is oh, the way wow. he put it. Oh, wow, I didn't know that. So one of his other comments, too, is he basically asks, why doesn't God rid the world of cancer? You know, of course, there's an answer to this question. But the majority of typical Christians uh, don't spend time considering these things. Questions such as these remain in the too hard basket. And so, it, again, it, it almost seems like maybe suffering, tragedy. Sure. I'm not sure what's happened in his personal emotional life. Doubt. But he's still struggling with that emotional side of like, why is there suffering, basically? Mm. So. Right.
3: I see. But,
2: yeah. And the way it's worded, again, is interesting. Because even if most Christians didn't, if he thinks there's an answer right then there's an answer like even if only one christian knew that answer but if it was true then there would be a true answer it wouldn't matter if 99.999 percent of the other christians didn't know the important question is is what what is true Mm, and whether anyone talks about it or not but that seems to be the the thing for him is like this frustration and i and i get that frustration i think maybe the world he's in they don't talk about it right um but again, I would just encourage him, man, like change worlds, like get, get, go to a different church Yeah, for sure. where they address stuff like this. Like there are some churches where that's common talk. Like, yeah. I mean, they address the stuff they talk about all the time. They have conferences. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could live in that world and think and, and all that. So I would just maybe encourage doing that. Um, I don't know that I would encourage this is a whole nother uh, area, but. I don't know that he's ready to listen to people <laughs> that are going to critique Christianity. Um, right. that's, that's a whole nother thing. Like you can, you sort of have to have, you have to have the training and skill to navigate through arguments well. Right. And that's one of the things it can sound like a cop out, but right. again, it, I, I, imagine an analogy like you had a friend they were, they were weighing things out, trying to decide, do I want to become a white supremacist and join the KKK? And imagine that this friend, they, they weren't very good at recognizing propaganda and they weren't, right. they just weren't trained in argumentation. Right. Um. And imagine also that the KKK white supremacists had some clever writers. For sure. And some clever YouTubers. Sure. And so would you send your friend into that world to say, yeah, yeah, check it out? You know, you might, you know, check out both sides of the issue. You'd probably say, you know what, come walk with me for a little bit. Let me help you develop some skills so that you can see the flaws in the thinking. Right. Because there are some, there are some clever atheists out there. um, And there are some decent arguments. I'm not saying they don't have any arguments, but I'm saying you have to have the skill to go out there and and be able to discern when you're, it's not a matter of just um, anybody at any time can go out there and and listen to the guy on two sides and then come to the right conclusion. It's just, that's a bit naive.
1: Maybe start with the questions that he has and find
3: Christian
2: thinkers that can address that. Exactly. Or, and, and and maybe a guide. Like, you know, for, so for me, what was helpful, I used to be like the lone warrior, you know, thinker that I just Order the next book that I found yeah. in a footnote, right. but it was when I found guides that were reliable. It's like if you're going on a river rafting trip, right? A bunch of five and sixes on the river, you don't just hop out there in a one man canoe. Um, yeah. You want to find like who's the guy that you know hasn't bathed in four weeks that lives by the <laughs> river out here, and like you right, know, he's he talks <laughs> yeah, right. exactly he's one with the water. like where's that dude? I want right. him to, to guide me down the For river, sure. yes. and I want the version of the Christian apologist like that. Yeah, decide. absolutely. And they're they're out there, like yes. I, right. and so yes. I still have mentors in my life that I bounce right. that are that are further down the road than mm-hmm. me, and that that I can bounce my ideas off of when I'm when I'm caught or when I'm in a struggle, yeah. and you need to find those guys because the the rapids out there are pretty intense you'll mm. find shortly yeah. but again I, I the big idea i just i don't know man like his first instagram post just doesn't sound like the post of someone who's familiar right. to any kind of degree with with good christian politics or just any 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 even any of the back and forth between them and atheists i don't know it just doesn't sound like what someone who's familiar with that would say
1: And and to to be that defensive, I think it's interesting because when you put those kinds of questions and statements out there and declare, this is why it's no longer, quote unquote, true for me and not for me, I think that is influencing people. I think when people are just as vulnerable as you are and might be on the fence and you're like, well, I'm from Hillsong, a big mega church movement, worship movement, and I'm taking this stance you're a public figure and you have influence and so to deny that he has he was not influencing anyone i think he inadvertently was and i think that's something to be aware of as a public figure i think to be a Hillsong worship leader is to be a public figure and, yeah, and, and someone a with influence for, to, sure. for sure for sure that's
3: good babe.
0: there's a lot of stuff to cover and another thing no i'm just kidding <laughs> we to come good. back and talk about no and you
1: know we yeah. in 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 good heart we just want We have we want to have a heart for people who struggle and who have Mm. questions and we don't want to just go through their posts and delineate without understanding that it's about love and compassion and understanding where people are and helping them to grow in their faith and and not, um, you know, to prayerfully help them grow and lead them and to be the guides we say we should be. And Mm. so, yeah, it's it's about that. But it's, you know, one last thing. I think the times we're living in require us to be mature Christians fast. The little basic things—it's time—and that was like 20 years ago. Now, the war is coming that is going to ask you where do you stand on things, and it's coming to our doorstep. No longer these little um, basic understandings of Christianity. Now it's it feels like there's a war. You know, it's time for listen. The mountain prophet, you know, just all <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? I'm feeling like, uh
0: It's a war for hearts and minds.
1: It's a yeah. war for hearts because and minds. Yes. That's it. Okay, I'm
2: yeah. done. No, that's good. And we do, we, we, and I think what you said in essence is not, you know, you can't rush the process of maturation. But I think for no, many, for many of us we're not even investing in it. Like we're just, oh, right. we're yeah. just sitting around doing mm. our, doing our dance. Don't mind me. Yes. <laughs> like I'm, I'm just yeah. another Netflix show, another binge, sure. another you know, oh, and yeah. so d- discipleship, man, like it's we've good. got to, we've got it's to really love, got, love the Lord. God with all your heart, mind, soul and strength, every part of us. And I yeah. think that especially that mind part, we're missing a lot in our churches. So. Right. Yeah.
0: And if you do have a platform, you know, consider someone uh, that I know, literally a social media influencer is her, like, you know, job. And uh, she heard a message and was convicted. She was like, I have this platform. I literally influence people, but i never talk about my faith mm, in Jesus. Okay. and Jesus. So, and she's making a conscious change. So if you do have a platform and you do, and you are a Christian, it might be that time like to, to and it's dangerous. Like it's risky. It might be a sacrifice, you know, but to start using a platform for Jesus, you know, whatever that might be. So, well, we've gone a little long here, brother. We <laughs> yeah, have, But you're going to do some magic uh, Frankenstein. <laughs> cut some this. I'll do some magic. But listen if, you have, listen, if you have any questions, you know, we have a whole page of resources on the website. And in every episode's show notes, there's a ton of links under the show notes uh, for all kinds of topics. We encourage you to look to those. Um, we'll have the links to the articles, Dr. Michael Brown's post. But, and, you know, if you do have a question, maybe you're... Like Marty Sampson has a question and is struggling with something, email us podcast at freemind.fm or you can private message us on Facebook or Instagram. And, you know, we would love to maybe answer that question or point you in the right direction to where you can find resources for those questions. So you can follow us on social media at freemind.fm on Instagram and Twitter and freemindpodcast.fm on Facebook. Again, you can email us podcast at freemind.fm. If you could take a moment and rate us five stars on Apple Podcast, we'd really appreciate it. And check us out on Patreon, patreon.com slash FreemindFM. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.
1: Maybe
3: millions of people.